relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. If you like America first, then check out our separate podcast, The Battle for 1600, with my former White House colleague, Boris Epstein. Every week, we give you the inside, in-depth analysis of what's really going on. The Battle for 1600. Subscribe today. A Democrat in the White House, a split Senate, Nancy Pelosi holding the House hostage. What do we do now? The only thing we can, fight. This is Rebuilding the Right, presented by the Salem Radio Network, hosted by Dr. Sebastian Gorka and featuring Larry Elder and Dinesh D'Souza. I'm a little bit trepidatious. I've got two of my smartest colleagues with me. And the technology is playing ball for the moment. We are 30 seconds into this amazing hour, rebuilding the right with the sage of South Central, Larry Elder, the man who picks, who packs six hours of radio into three hours every single day. And also, he's, he's a filmmaker as well. I'm surrounded by real alpha type males. Dinesh D'Souza, author, filmmaker, and uh, the newest member. Of the Salem faculty, listen to his podcast. Welcome, gentlemen, to Rebuilding the Right. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's start by uh, paying tribute to our, our newest faculty member, Dinesh D'Souza. Follow these gentlemen on Twitter, all platforms. I especially recommend Larry's Instagram. It's it's a very robust Instagram game. Let's let's listen to um, a video that one of my listeners sent me. Uh, early this morning from a certain Mr. D'Souza at an event where he was on fire. And it is very apt for the current conditions we are in. Video cut five, play cuts. I always thought American politics was a fair-minded debate between reasonable people who disagree. And I wrote and conducted myself that way. But then when I went through what I did with the Obama administration, when I stood in a courtroom and heard a bailiff go, United States of America versus Dinesh D'Souza... When I began to deal with these people, I realized we have seen a gangsterization of the U.S. government. So you're explaining there at a YAF event uh, that you were radicalized because you as an individual witnessed, thanks to your experience under the Obama regime, the gangsterism of the left of the modern Democrat Party. Let's start with you, Dinesh. It's not just about Mr. D'Souza now, is it? When you have phrases from Jake Tapper, such as MAGA terrorism, when you have the new Secretary of Defense talking about the enemies, quote, the enemies in the ranks of the U.S. forces, this isn't just about one filmmaker or one author anymore, is it? Uh, No, not at all. Um, When I um, went through this experience a few years ago, I thought it was anomalous. I thought it represented a... Uh, a particular vendetta by a narcissistic man in the White House 
against a particular offense that I had committed, namely to go to Kenya, uh, locate Obama's brother in a hut, embarrass him, uh, show that he was talking about we are our brother's keeper, but here's his real brother who is in starvation, slumdog millionaire condition. So I thought this was a kind of a, you know, Obama getting mad and sicking Eric Holder on me situation. I didn't realize something I began to realize a little bit later, they were doing kind of exactly the same thing to Michael Flynn. Uh, and then uh, uh, in November of 19, when we were sitting with Trump in the White House, he goes, hey, Dinesh, what they did to you, they're trying to do to me on a bigger scale. And so I realized that my case was almost like an early preview of far worse things that were going to be done in a much more systematic way. So I actually feel, looking back, grateful that my eyes were open kind of early because otherwise I would still go around like these people at National Review Online and act like America is still a debating society between well-meaning debate prep opponents uh, as opposed to a real, you know, slugfest in which the other side is trying to take us out. Uh, Larry, how long have you been in, in radio? Uh, approximately 26, 27 years. So let's put it in that. But, 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 t- but TV altogether, TV, radio altogether, about 35 years. Okay, so 35, three and a half decades mm-hmm. worth of following politics and, and seeing right. the trend lines. Right. When you see the first, the very first terrorism alert bulletin from the Department of Homeland Security issued after Joe Biden is sworn in, mention that the domestic threat to America is from individuals who have political problems with the results of the last election. Is this just business as usual, or does it mean we have crossed some kind of Rubicon? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's BS. We have crossed a major Rubicon. Uh, out of all the homicides in America, non-suicide homicides, about 15,000, how many of them do you think were committed by white nationalists, by Aryan brothers, by white Nazis? I- I'm from South Central Los Angeles, as you know. There are um, something like, I think I read about 150 gangs in L.A. County, uh, and most of them are Hispanic, uh, followed by blacks, and there are a handful of Asian gangs. Um, and... Half of the homicides in this country, in, in L.A., are committed by and against gang members. Um, how many of them are killed by white nationalists, by white terrorists, by white Nazis? Uh, it, it's like QAnon. Anybody who, who, who <laughs> follows QAnon, do you know anybody who's ever mentioned it in a conversation with any of your friends, your family? What is this? And every two, three, four years, they, they dredge up the number one uh, racist in the country, David Duke, and they talk about how David Duke supports so-and-so-and-so-and-so, and therefore the, uh, the Republican Party is racist. This is at a whole nother level that I have never seen. Earlier this morning, uh, Doctor, I was looking at the Kennedy-Nixon debate, and I was reading a transcript of it. And if you look at what Nixon was saying, it's not terribly dissimilar to what the Republican Party is saying right now. Less government, less taxation, less regulation, uh, less government getting involved in health care. And Kennedy made the opposite argument. But nobody called anybody a fascist. Nobody called anybody a Nazi. Nobody called anybody evil. It was a respectful uh, disagreement of, of, uh, of, of views. And if you look at the, the reviews of, the, uh, of that debate, the reviews were civil. Nobody called the other side Nazis and fascists. When do we get to the point where half the country perceives the other half of the country to be racist, fascist, bigoted, which is 61% of Democrats. That's how they feel about Republicans. 83% of Democrats called Donald Trump uh, a, a racist. 
When did this start happening? You think half the country voted for somebody who is a blatant racist? You think that low of your half of, of your fellow Americans? When and how and where did that happen? I don't know. Dinesh, you've documented this radicalization in your last book, The United States of Socialism, in your recent movie, Trump Card. Please tell our millions of listeners and, and viewers, this labeling of 74 million Americans as terrorists, domestic threats, white supremacists, is this a sign of desperation? Is this just the last card in the pack? Or is this a very conscious, strategic choice by those who have used this label? I think this is a, a part of an orchestrated campaign to fulfill a, um, a, a dream. You may almost call it a sort of a wet dream that the Democrats have been having for a while now. Um, if you think back to in, in American history, we've had long periods in which we've had one party rule. Uh, the Democrats were the majority party from the 1820s all the way to 1860. That 40 years of almost uninterrupted rule. The Republicans then became the majority party from 1865 to 1932. And between 1932 and 1980, the Democrats, again, had basically one party rule. You might have an Eisenhower in there or a Nixon, but they were carried by the Democratic tide. Now, from the Reagan era, 1980 until now, American politics has been anomalously a kind of a draw. It's been, uh, it's been a situation where neither party has really had ironclad control. And the Democrats have been dreaming about grabbing that control and establishing it as a regime going forward. So now they have the opportunity to do that. Admittedly, their political majority is very narrow, but their cultural majority is huge. They have a much more ironclad grip on the culture. So what are they doing with that? They're trying to take that advantage that they have and give a completely fictionalized portrait of events. January 6th is a classic example. There was a single gunshot fired in the Capitol on January 6th. It was fired by a Capitol Hill police officer into the neck of Ashley Babbitt. That was the only gunshot fired. And yet, if you were to follow the narrative and look at all those orchestrated and edited videos the Democrats presented in the impeachment proceedings, you would think you were seeing a scene out of Braveheart. You would think that there was some massive armed insurgency, a wartime situation, meriting wartime propaganda, all the fakery about Brian Sicknick. And the point is that they knew better because think about it. Everything in the Capitol was carefully videoed. So where were the videos of Brian Sicknick being whopped on the head with the fire extinguisher? They never existed. They, they knew that they couldn't document that. So they were relying on unnamed sources, tell us this is what happened, and so on. And finally, they to this date have not issued a correction. So it's very clear that they were uh, manipulating the propaganda to create a picture of us in which we would be presented in a context where we could be seen as the 9-11 terrorists. We could be seen as the type of people who blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City. This is the narrative they're going yes, for yes. to demonize the opposition. His latest movie, Trump Card, the book, The United States of Socialism, Larry's incredible movie, uh, Uncle Tom. These are two gentlemen I learn from every single day, and we have them with us for the whole hour. I'm Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Trump. This is Rebuilding the Right on the Salem Radio Network.
Speaking of Obama, 2007, he ran for presidency. His rival for the Democratic side was Hillary Clinton. And on the Republican side, the two rivals, primary rivals, were John McCain and Mitt Romney. Gallup asked whether or not Americans would not vote for a black person referring to Obama, would not vote for a woman referring to Hillary Clinton, would not vote for a Mormon referring to Mitt Romney, would not vote for uh, a person as old as uh, John McCain would be, 72 years old. And what Gallup found is 5% of Americans said they would not under any circumstances vote for a black person. 11% said they would not under any circumstances vote for a female. 24% said they would not vote for a Mormon. 42% said they would not vote for a person who would be 72 years old when he became president, which would have been the case had John McCain been elected. In other words, Obama as a black person had a smaller barrier than these three white politicians. So where is all the white supremacy? That was, of course, the sage of South Central testifying. It's a new kind of testifying. It's when you're doing it through Zoom last week on Capitol Hill or remotely. And he is with us along with Dinesh D'Souza, our newest faculty member here at Salem Radio. Follow them both on Larry, at Larry Elder and at Dinesh D'Souza. Larry, um, is there... You have the facts at your disposal. You are one of the hardest working guys in radio. The amount of show prep you do, the amount of data that you funnel through the speakers when you are doing your three hours of radio is phenomenal. At the end of the day, does it matter? Does it matter? Do the facts help us when people think that my white skin color means that as an immigrant to this country, I should be paying reparations? Um, I, I would like to think that the facts matter, but uh, sometimes, depending upon my mood, I get pretty pessimistic. During that testimony, I submitted written testimony where I quoted Dinesh D'Souza, uh, in which he talked about the fact that a, quote, handful, close quote, of Republicans out of a, a universe of about 350,000 slave-owning families that owned 4 million slaves in 1860, uh, out of all of that, maybe eight, if that, might have been identified as Republicans. And so I made, <laughs> made the point that why should Democrats pay a dime, assuming we're going we're gonna to do all of this? And I talked about how, as a percentage of the party, more Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act of 64 than did Democrats. Democrats founded the KKK. Uh, and, um, you know, therefore, what is it that, uh, that Republicans have done that warrants them to pay anything? Uh, I'm not sure they were particularly happy with that point. But your, but your question is, do the facts really matter? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we talked, uh, Dr. G, but when I was growing up, there was a black exploitation movie called Superfly. A no, you didn't. Movie. A classic, a stupid, yes. Right. Yeah, a super, Superfly started an actor named Ron O'Neill, who was a very fine stage actor. I followed his career when I was growing up. And he, was a, he played a, um, a, a drug dealer with a heart of gold. Uh, stupid premise, stupid movie, but everybody in, in, in my high school saw it. <laughs> Fast forward, they had done a remake of it. So I thought I would see it at my age, see what it's like. And it's equally stupid. <laughs> But the, but the main character is driving a car, and his cohort is in the passenger seat and says to the main character, you really are sharp. You really are shrewd. And he said, I can't. I'm going to clean up the language. He turned to him and said, you know what? It don't matter how smart you are in a world full of stupid blank blanks. And sometimes that's how I feel. I look at somebody like AOC who comes out of a university like Boston University with a degree in economics, and they're minting people like that every single day and you Dinesh and I have to combat the nonsense that comes out of their mouth having been indoctrinated by what I call the access of indoctrination Hollywood media and academia and it is a war it is a battle and oftentimes I feel like we're outnumbered
Um, Dinesh, you, you, you also likewise uh, in your books, in your movies, now on your Salem podcast, you are a purveyor of facts, of incontrovertible facts. And, and your movies have these amazing reenactments of moments in history. The one that, that is seared in my mind is this meeting of the National Socialist Party in Germany, the Nazi Party, that is given an instruction by Adolf Hitler for the party to send a letter of congratulations to Margaret Sanger in America for her eugenist, eugenicist policies that helped create Planned Parenthood. That is... Mind-blowing. When you see that being reenacted, the connection between uh, the death culture of Planned Parenthood to the Nazi party of the 1920s and 30s, the same question applies to you. Is it enough? Is the recitation of the facts that are on our side as conservatives requisite to the achievement of the reestablishment of our places, the shining city on the hill? Well... I realized about uh, 10 years ago that writing a book and making an argument uh, might uh, be persuasive to the mind, but it wasn't necessarily galvanizing to the heart. And you can see that both Larry and I have now pivoted into the documentary film genre because of the importance of show and not tell. So it's one thing for me to tell you the Nazis based the Nuremberg laws on the segregation statutes of the Democratic Party. It's a whole other thing to see a bunch of guys in Nazi uniforms speaking German and handing out and talking about the Democrats and the one drop rule. And all of this has been hidden from the history books. And there it is in the movie. Now, here's the, the, the problem, I think. And it's a problem on our side. And that is that when we go to our big donors and we say to people, hey, listen, can you imagine the emotional impact if 200 million Americans were to be able to see this movie? Can you imagine what it would do to blow, uh, blow away so many false suppositions that are implanted in their minds every day? The people on our side look at you uncomprehendingly like, well, we're really not sure what the point of doing that would be. And we're like, Do we have to really explain it to you? It's that the other side has these huge megaphones. They're hammering these messages in every single day. The reason our young people are falling to the other side is not because they have considered conservatism and rejected it. They've never been exposed to it. They don't know what it is. They they don't know what we're trying to conserve. And so the bottom line of it is uh, my frustration is that our case is not being heard. It's not that we don't have the evidence. It's not even that we don't have the pictures. We have both. But we need to have the ability to take this and put it in the front of Americans, ideally in their homes, where they can see it and go, wow, no one ever told me this. I better do some of my own investigation. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza and Larry Elder, 30 sec- uh, 130 seconds, sorry, 90 seconds left. Larry, apart from you guys, why do conservatives not get culture? Well, you know, I, I was uh, I asked uh, my my friend and mentor Thomas Sowell the same question you just put to Dinesh D'Souza. Why is it we're not winning the argument? The facts are on our side, right. and he said, "Larry, they're not even hearing the argument. They don't know the facts to refute them." And one time I was visiting him, and he was angry about something. He said, "I'm going to write a column about this." And I said, "And after you write the column, what's going to be the effect?" He said, "Well, for a few days, the left is going to cling to the table." and wait for the breeze to go by, and then they're going to go back to normal as if I never wrote it, which gets back to Dinesh's point, which is why we have to get involved in the culture to make the points in a powerful, persuasive way that younger generation today can get. 
the films are Trump Card and also the amazing movie Uncle Tom, the incredible book, The United States of Socialism, and then uh, from Larry, Dear Father, Dear Son, an incredible story of a father and a son being reconciled, a story that I have heard three times live from Larry, and every time... Well, something just gets in my eye. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is Rebuilding the Right on the Salem Radio Network with me, Sebastian Gorka. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, don't you dare touch that dial. I've had Ilan Surlovich, an immigrant entrepreneur and American success story, on our show multiple times before. He's the CEO of Egard Watches, and he stands out for all the right reasons. Elan's company creates exceptional products like the Police Watch. Elan cares about American values and has his own voice. I watched some of the powerful videos on the Egard website recently. You need to visit his site yourself to see all the conservative short films that his team have created. What is Freedom? Is the first short film you'll see posted. Elan put his company on the line to take a stance on the hot button issue of censorship. It is so refreshing to see a business take a stand on principle. But this is not the first time that they have taken risks. Elan was awarded the Fox Patriot Award after he stood up for police, releasing a film during the defund the police movement called Speak the Truth. Finally, he made a video celebrating men called What is a Man? in response to the Gillette Corporation painting a picture of toxic masculinity through one of their ad campaigns. Again, all of these videos can be accessed on the front page of the Egard website. Most of all, Egard makes incredible watches. They feel much more expensive than they are. Elon gave me a wonderful discount for 15% off to share using the promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. So please check him out at EgardWatches.com. That's E-G-A-R-D, EgardWatches.com. Come for the impressive watches and stay for the conservative films. E-G-A-R-D, Watches.com. Despair is un-American. It's time to rebuild. Here is your host, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Despair is un-American. Giving up is un-American. Somebody who never gives up is a good friend of Salem. He is, of course, Mike Lindell, a patriot who supported President Trump so, so forthrightly, who is now under withering attack. 25 corporations are trying to cancel him and boycott his products. Please stand up to the cancel culture Nazis and buy his products today to send a message to the left. Use my name, get more than 60% off. Pick any one of his more than 100 US-made products, mypillow.com or call 800-829-8468. That's 800 800- 829-8468, mypillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. Send the cancel culture fascists a message. We are back. It's Rebuilding the Right, and we have to talk about uh, the topics of the day. This is a, um, a reminder 
of what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said during the Trump administration that I will update momentarily. Play video cut four. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. And that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. And um, if that doesn't bother you, I don't, I got, I like, we can have, okay, whatever. I want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with humanity to say that we should not, that never again means something. Sitting on the floor in her T-shirt talking about Trump's concentration camps not too long ago. But today, today in her Twitter feed, she talked about those same facilities as child influx centers. Dinesh D'Souza, do words matter to Democrats? <laughs> well, I saw almost exactly the same thing with Jen Psaki, the, uh, the press secretary, where Peter Ducey was saying to her, you're using the same facilities. How is it that under Trump, there are kids in cages, and now suddenly they become, the cages become shelters, there are emergency facilities. Suddenly you're no longer talking about jail cells. So, you know, I think, I think what all of this shows is the, well, I mean, it's not enough to say it shows a double standard. Uh, what it really shows is that the left is, is, modifying language in ways that serve a propagandistic purpose. And, and it's really the media that's at fault here, because they're the ones who put out this vocabulary. We even saw it with January 6th. Suddenly, riots are, are, are a bunch of rowdy guys walking through a hallway, whereas the real riots, where, people, where things are burning and flames are in the background and people are running for their lives and brutalized, those aren't riots. Larry. It's an insurrection where you have a guy in an animal suit who's walking off with the podium and taking selfies with the cops. Uh, suddenly that becomes the new 9-11. So it's difficult not to laugh at all this. And you just hope people have enough sense to realize that, that their, their observation of the actual event is more reliable than the verbal narrative that is being laid on top of the event. If only BLM and Antifa had worn Viking helmets, then they would have been <laughs> taken seriously. Larry, do these people, do Jen Psaki, uh, do AOC just think Americans are stupid? Uh, I think so. And I, well, they clearly have a, uh, a limited expectation of getting caught. Right. Uh, again, this is more than just double standards. This is manipulation. Uh, and, the Biden administration has only been in office for about a month, and there have been all sorts of examples of these double standards, uh, selective outrage, inconsistencies. One of my one of my favorite ones is the Washington Post fact checker, Glenn Kessler. He fact checked uh, the assertion that Joe Biden made that when he came into the White House, there was no plan, no plan for vac for vaccination distribution. The cover was bare. And he said. It wasn't true, but he referred to it as a, quote, verbal stumble, end of quote, <laughs> a verbal stumble that was made by Jen Psaki. She said the same thing. Kamala Harris said the same thing. Joe Biden said the same thing. All of them said the same thing. They all made, I guess, verbal stumbles. But, Larry, it wasn't, it wasn't just that. Kessler, the vaunted fact checker for The Post, said he actually he had this derogatory tweet. He said, well, well of course, that's just a verbal stumble. You know, this journalist. Joe Biden being Joe. Yeah, I, 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 the journalist. 
I'm going to make excuses. It's ju- of course, it's just a verbal stumble. That tells you who the real fake news purveyors are. We're talking to our good friends, masters of the art, whether it's writing incredible works, movies, or packing six hours of radio into three. Larry Elder, the Sage of South Central, and Dinesh D'Souza. Follow them at Elder and at Dinesh D'Souza. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is Rebuilding the Right, coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios just outside the insalubrious swamp that is Washington, D.C. Relief Factor, drug-free pain relief that actually works. I don't need a script. I don't need talking points. I've been living it for two years now. My lower back pain issue that had plagued me for nine years, almost a decade, left me two weeks after I started taking Relief Factor. And that was two years ago. But it's not just me. Listen to Debron from Massachusetts. I just started taking Relief Factor four days ago. My hip pain is gone. I had a horrible time sleeping because of the pain. I absolutely love how I am feeling. Thank you. That should be your story. Find out today by ordering the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your house in three days or less. Take it morning and evening, just like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of uh, the three weeks, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Don't wait any longer. Call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Will, will President Trump continue to play a role in my party? I, I'm sure he will. He, he has by far the largest voice and a big impact in my party. I don't know about his family members, whether they intend to do that. But but I expect he will continue playing a role. I don't know if he'll run in 2024 or not. But if he does, I, I, I'm pretty sure he will win the nomination. It's not a deep fake that actually happened. I hope Larry Elder was holding on to his chair because if he falls off, we're going to see what he's wearing under that suit jacket. Um, are you surprised that Mitten, Mitten's Mitt Romney, Pierre Delicto, has said it's Trump's for the taking? Uh, he can read the papers. He can read the polls. <laughs> same as you can. I can read them. 60% of Republicans say they would leave the Republican Party and start a party with Trump if Trump wanted them to. 80% say if Trump wants to run in 2024, they're going to back him. So uh, he can read English. <laughs> same as you and I yeah, can. Yeah, but this is, the guy, this is the guy who said we got to impeach him. He, this is the guy who, who holds a grudge like no other. Didn't that surprise you? Not just impeach him. He voted to convict him twice, yeah. becoming the first uh, senator ever to uh, to vote to convict a president of his own party, and the man did it twice. But he also recognized the reality. He is extremely unpopular within the Republican Party as a result of that, and he may very well be primaried, and he may very well lose his seat. All right, so let's talk about uh, my old boss, the 45th president of the United States. Uh, there's all kinds of things floating around. Fox News has reported today that not only will the president be speaking just just five weeks, less than five weeks after the inauguration, he will be speaking at the largest conservative convocation this weekend in Florida at CPAC, at Match Labs American Conservative Union's annual event. He, he may, he may even float the 2024 run. Uh, should he run? What is the relationship between the establishment GOP? This hour is called Rebuilding the Right. Does the GOP get the effect of Trump on conservative politics? I think they do. Uh, I think the the 
Republican senators and House members, if you got them in a room, would say all sorts of negative things about Donald Trump. They still don't understand his command over the Republican Party. They still don't understand his appeal. Uh, they keep waiting for it to go away, but they recognize it's not going to go away. So uh, I think that if Donald Trump wants to run in 2024, he certainly ought to. But four years is a very, very long time. And, of course, if he runs, he won't be running against Biden. He'll be running against Kamala Harris because right. I don't believe Biden is going to survive four years. No, absolutely not. What about the, the effect of uh, we see this new intake? We see the Lauren Bobbitts. Uh, we see the, the Marjorie Greens. We, we've seen the established Make America First characters like Matt Gates, Jim Jordan. Is it your expectation that that conclave, that, 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 that Freedom Caucus or these Trump-type figures will increase? Will there be more primary individuals of that ilk in the next year, year and a half? I think so, because as you and I have talked about, the number one thing that I think Donald Trump has done for the Republican Party is to give them a backbone, to give them yeah. cashews. Uh, don't sulk when you're trying to fight for secure borders uh, and you're called a racist. Stand up for your views. Stand up for your values. Donald Trump was not afraid to call people out if he thought they were wrong. Donald Trump was not afraid to call out Maxine Waters and say she's low IQ. Who's taken on Maxine Waters? Who is called uh, uh, Al Sharpton, the Democrat kingmaker, quote, a con artist, close quote, other than Donald Trump? So people like that have inspired other people, other young people, uh, to stop uh, apologizing for the values of America and to stand up. So I think we're going to see a whole lot more Matt Gates and Jim Jordan types. But you don't see, that's interesting, you don't see the potential in just the last 48 hours. There's signs, signals of tension within the Democrats. The, the progressives aren't happy with the establishment, the AOCs, the Bernies. Could that exacerbate in the near future? Could we see a potential political civil war inside the left? I think so. I, I think uh, Joe Biden is going to be pushed further and further to the left. Joe Biden uh, is instinctively a, a moderate guy. He's a good along, go along guy. He's the kind of guy that wants to pat you on the back. And the left is angry. They believe, again, the other side, uh, the Republicans are racist, bigoted and sexist. According to uh, one poll I read, 61 percent of Democrats feel that way about our party. Uh, and they absolutely despise Donald Trump. So. Um, you know, this, this is where we are as a country, and I think the Democratic Party is the party that wants to kill Keystone XL. You have a lot of uh, Democrat senators pushing back on that. The party wants to jack up the minimum wage 100 percent. There are a lot of Democrats living in low-wage states uh, that, uh, that will be negatively impacted by this. Um, the bottom line is Donald Trump's policies won. The man lost, but his policies yeah. won. We picked up a dozen seats or so in the in the House. We didn't get uh, cleaned out in the in the Senate the way they were predicting. Uh, and Joe Biden is having difficulty figuring out what to do about these caravans, what to do about uh, reversing his immigration policy, which made so much sense. You should apply for asylum in the first safe country, and that's Mexico, and that stopped this pressure on the borders. Donald, uh, Biden has come in, changed the language, and now you're finding the pressures again. And the American people are going to see this, and over the course of the next couple of years, they're going to go, oh, my God, Donald Trump was right. His policies made sense. Uh, he was demonized, but he wasn't wrong. We're but, going to see that over and over and over again, in my opinion. But do the Republicans have the intent or even the tools to do anything about election integrity before the next election? That's a really important question because the real reason the Democrats won this election, and again, they only won by 43,000 votes, is that they dragged out everybody who could fog up a mirror and get him or her to vote somehow. 
When you look at the category of people who never vote or seldom vote, there are more Democrats there than there are Republicans, which means we're going to lose if it's just a numbers game. We have to convince people in the, in the center, the moderates, of the correctness of our position. And that's what Donald Trump has done. He's given them confidence and backbone to articulate your position. Don't apologize. Look at what Ron DeSantis did in Florida. He stood up against all this pressure to shut his state down and look at the results. The results are there. Yeah. We're going to ask you what are the best ways to convince those people who aren't fully indoctrinated, who maybe aren't political. Uh, if anybody has the answers, it is the sage of South Central. Listen to him to every day. You've got to watch Uncle Tom the movie. Follow him on all, uh, all social media platforms, but especially Instagram, at Larry Elder. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. If you miss any of this content, well, you shouldn't. But if you do, whilst we are still suspended from YouTube because... They're just a bunch of fascists. Don't forget our Rumble Alternative First Amendment site. Absolutely free. Uh, rumble.com slash Seb Gorka. That's rumble.com slash S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. You can also download the America First app. Just look for my name, Sebastian Gorka. And this show is available 24-7 for free at our webpage, sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Back with the sage, but first... Are you the healthiest you you could be? Well, let's make you the healthiest you you can be. You've got to get exercise. You've got to be sensible about what you eat. But also, you've got to make sure that you get all the nutrients that a healthy body needs. That's what Dr. Douglas Howard has provided me in Balance of Nature. Just six little capsules, three red for fruit, three green for vegetables that provide me incredibly. It still boggles my mind. Ten servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables essential for healthy life. I just call it health in your hand. And right now, if you use my name, you'll get 35% off and free shipping on your first preferred order of Balance of Nature. Do it today. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or balanceofnature.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. And coolest thing of all, if you're a Balance of Nature customer, you also get free access to a health coach at the end of a phone line. Do it today. Balanceofnature.com. They might have the White House, but we have the radio waves. This is Rebuilding the Right on the Salem Radio Network. It truly is the most powerful tool. Talk radio is a force of nature. And may Rush Limbaugh rest in peace, the man who made all of our shows possible. I think the man who made the Tea Party, MAGA and the Trump victory possible. 
One man who has lived with everything Rush gave us as his legacy is the sage of South Central, the man behind the incredible movie Uncle Tom. Also, his book, Dear Father, Dear Son. Follow him right now. I'm honored to be on the same faculty with him at Salem. He's Larry Elder. Follow him on all the relevant social media platforms. Larry, in the last two minutes we have, you are the, 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 the master in, in delivering the facts that make a difference. When you've spoken to somebody, a stranger, a family member or whoever, who's apolitical or undecided or, or moving to the center, have you found anything that works the best that could help us build an even larger tent? You know, you were talking about Rush Limbaugh a moment ago. Um, I remember reading a story about him in Fortune magazine. It was some business magazine. It's either Fortune or Business Week. I forget which one. About all these black kids who like to listen to him. And one of my friends is Orson Bean. He is the father-in-law of Andrew Breitbart. And he was telling me that he and his wife, his wife played a woman, the mother, in a series called The Wonder Years. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yes. it, Dr. G, but it was like Leave it to Beaver, a very family-oriented uh, sitcom that took place like in the 60s, very similar to me to the socioeconomic background of, of my own home. And he told me he was at a mall, he and his wife, uh, where mostly black kids were, black people were. And he said all these black kids were coming up to his, his wife, telling him how much he, they loved this, this show. And Orson told me he was surprised because the show is so white bread. That was a term he used. And I said, Orson, black kids want what you guys have, mother, father in the house. This is what they want. This is the number one problem in America, the failure of fathers to marry the mother of their kids, the number of kids who are growing up without a father in the home. I told you about the numbers, much higher rate of dropout, much higher rate of poverty, much higher rate so we're, we're, of going So to we're prison. almost out of time. So you're talking about speaking to the aspirations of the That's other. Right. Is that right? Hard, hard work, accountability. Don't have a kid until you can feed, clothe, house, and educate that child. Stay out of the criminal justice system, and you'll be just fine. Yeah. You don't need government to tell you how to live your life. We don't tell you what to do. You do what you do. You take care of yourself. You take care of your family. You take care of your community. No, out of your way. No more PowerPoint slides. No more laugher curve graphs. <laughs> Talk to them about what they want, what they aspire to irrespective of their skin color that's why he's the sage follow him at larry elder god bless you larry keep doing what you do i'm sebastian gorka this is america first and you've been listening to our hour on rebuilding the right stay on this channel